0: Good afternoon, the panel on RNZ National. We have Ali Jones and uh, Mike Moynihan with me this afternoon. Now, someone's just texted in there's a big incident in Te Henderson causing some really big traffic issues there uh, with uh, several fire engines uh, and response units. So, we'll uh, try and um, get the lowdown of just what's happening in that area. But it looks like there'll be uh, traffic delays uh, there too. Now, this first new research out highlights the rate of trauma deaths among New Zealand children compared to Australian counterparts, and I thought, well, this is really worth highlighting on the panel because the research focuses on blunt and penetrating injuries usually caused by car, motorbike or bicycle accidents as well as serious burns. Rate of trauma deaths among New Zealand children, they double that of Victoria. Says this research. It examined over 1,300 seriously injured children across New Zealand and the state of Victoria and it did find that New Zealand children are dying at twice the rate. And the findings were presented to the National Trauma Symposium recently. Dr Warwick Teague, one of the lead researchers from Australia, called it a striking finding. With us is Jackie Savi, Director of Save the Children. They're an interna- international advocacy for children, but also focus on children right here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Jackie's looked at the report. Uh, kia ora. Welcome to the programme. Kia ora, Wallace. Quite stark differences, aren't they? Um, were you surprised to read this?
1: Well, they're very sobering findings, and they really show that we need to do so much better for it. Our children, when, when they, sorry, when they have these serious trauma injuries, um, partly yes, surprised that it's twice the rate, but also it does build on a picture of poor health outcomes for children that are preventable here in New Zealand.
0: Just explain what they put it down to.
1: Well, essentially they're saying that there's quite varied care that children can expect to receive across. Uh, health settings across New Zealand. So the level of care is not guaranteed and there's a requirement to um, better invest in building children's specialist health services across New Zealand. So wherever they are, they can expect that really high-level treatment.
0: Also, it seemed to uh, indicate as well that there was a a backdrop of um, uh, putting paediatric care, particularly on trauma, Right at the forefront in Victoria as well, Jackie
1: yes, they, yes, Victoria are really uh, leading the way in showing that when you prioritize uh, a health issue and put the resources and funding into it, it makes a real difference, and so that's a, that can be a roadmap for us. We can look to that mm. um, framework and we can try to uh, replicate it here, and, and it's something we must and need to do.
0: Yeah, well, let going to get our panel to jump in, Ellie Jones.
1: Jackie, I,
2: I, I just find this gobsmacking. I don't think it's astounding or surprising. I think it's appalling and an embarrassment, actually. And when I hear you say too that, you know, that they are showing how it's done, and if you put the funding in and the resourcing in, and this isn't rocket science, right? And I mean, we know that this is how an effective health system service can operate. So how long do we in Aotearoa, as New Zealanders, sit back and listen to those who are setting up the new health system say, yeah, we're working on it? How long do we sit and wait for that? Because, as I said, this is not rocket science.
1: Yeah, I agree. We need to demand immediate and urgent action on this. The findings are clear. It reveals that a lower standard of care directly leads to the deaths of our children. So this is absolutely not acceptable. And we have a new government who have promised lots of new changes and opportunities. So, you know, it's a real challenge. Let's put this on the top of the list and get some action here.
0: Yeah, so looking at here, we're just looking at the report here. Australia and um, New Zealand examined the cases of 1,354 children seriously injured in a five-year period between mid-2017 and mid-2022. Uh, and the refining come out that yeah, New Zealand children dying at twice the rate as children in Victoria, Australia, Michael
3: yeah look i i, I couldn 't agree more, and I, all of the say I have all the same sentiments. What I do think this says is that as a society, we still have not had the conversation which says uh, how much am I prepared to pay in my taxes to ensure that actually i 've got a health system which can respond in the way that they do it that it does in Victoria? Um, what, are my, what, what Where do we get a coherent perspective because I agree that we should be demanding it of Tefatwara. I completely agree. Uh, I personally believe that the the process to amalgam you know to create the amalgamation across the health service in a country this small was a good idea I also know that it's in train and it hasn't landed on everything but But as a citizen, I also have to say, well, actually, this is a real priority for me. I want to live in a country where it's not, this doesn't happen. What does that mean my responsibility is? And that responsibility is also to be part of a conversation which says, well, how do we prioritise the money to do that, when actually we haven't, it's not like there's an endless pot of it. And it's not like it's, It's nobody in this system, I would argue, is deliberately doing this. Nobody is saying, oh, let's just forget about the kids or let's not do it in that way it's it's because it's broken and the, the brokenness starts with me as a citizen being able to say well here's where I believe the priorities and should that's be the key, and key, is it, Jackie?
0: funds
1: yeah absolutely and you know one of the things about the new health system is that uh, funding uh, structures are not really part of that and you know there are many New Zealanders that are paying for private health insurance you no, why are we doing that rather than having a system that boosts Absolutely. up our public health care? And that is something that we can do. Other countries do this. We could do it too.
0: So you've got here Dr Warwick Teague from the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. Said so quite specifically, quoting here: so quite spe- specifically, children in New Zealand are twice as likely to die from severe injury when compared with children in Victoria, Australia. Uh, quoting now, it's a striking finding, and we've made sure we've got good statistics uh, on this. Um, Wallace, yeah. can I
2: just say there is another way that it's presented in in the media report on this? He also said that children who are brought to a tertiary centre with paediatric expertise are almost is two-thirds less likely to die than children who are taken either not to a uh, tertiary centre or to an adult hospital. And the reason for that here in New Zealand is we don't have the paediatric expertise at mm, the hospitals absolutely. where these, um, you know, damaged mm. young people are being sent. And I also don't think, Michael, that it's 100% about more money or I'm paying more tax to fund this. I actually agree with some of the politicians who during the election campaign said that there's a lot of money being wasted. I've seen it, I've heard about it. You know, the structure and the time and the money that's going into setting up uh, the health reforms... I have heard some horrendous figures on how much is being spent on that. So I think it's about using the money that is there far more effectively.
3: I I don't disagree. I'm sure that's absolutely true and I'm entirely sure that's valid. But it's not just that. It can't just be that. It's got to also be about leadership that says this is important, this Mm. is priority, this is where we need to ensure that the money goes and for these reasons. So the thing that Victoria has done really well is they've said we will be – we will be this thing. We will be world class. We will what be prepared to do What stops us doing that, do Michael,
2: it? do you think? What stops us? Is it the leadership? If I, the money's I, there? I,
3: I, think that, I think that it's somewhat leadership. I, <coughs> I think that instead of the conversation with Te Aura Ora being about vision, mm. it was about structure. Mm. And I don't think it – and structure, I believe, should follow vision. I don't think it said, let's be a world class health system. Now, how do we build a system that does it? It says, how do we create a system and then hopefully we'll get a world class health well, system. Let's bring in Jackie as
0: it. a final thought. You've heard uh, uh, Ali uh, and Michael with very strong <laughs> thoughts on this. Uh, uh, Jackie, final comment.
1: Well, essentially, I think across New Zealand, we need to prioritise children as a population group in their own right. Often we look at regions or we look at um, by illness or we look at adult needs. But we don't really, really put our children first and see them as a population group. And that's what we've been advocating for. And it's not just health that needs to do this. It's justice. It's uh, social development. It's across the country. We really need to put our children first and, and you know, walk the talk.
0: Well, kia ora, Jackie. I appreci- appreciate you being on the panel this afternoon uh, to highlight this uh, your very important report. That's Jackie Savi, Director of Save uh, the Children. There's new research out highlighting the rate of trauma deaths among New Zealand children. Um, twice. Uh, rate of trauma deaths among New Zealand kids. Double that of Victoria. 18 past four of the panel. We've already had a bit of response to this one. Society changes, so too does the nature of how we farewell our loved ones. And do you know how you would like to be sent off? What will be on your headstone, if you have one? Quite a big response, actually, on this. Um, Popular New Zealand TV show, The Casketeers, they've given us a glimpse, haven't they, into the funeral industry, as well as one with a Maori and Pacifica lens. A funeral industry trends report just released has given us a snapshot into changing times. It's put out by the Funeral Directors Association of New Zealand. Uh, a couple of findings here. The average cost of a burial in a council cemetery has increased to $4,315. The average cremation cost just over a grand. With us as Chief Executive of the Funeral Directors Association, Gillian Boys. Gillian, welcome to the programme.
4: Thanks very much,
0: Wallace. Well, first, I, was, I shouldn't have been surprised, actually, but I was actually really interested in the number of listeners who got in touch knowing which way they'd like to go or how they'd like to go. Here's one, for example. My grandfather was headmaster of Fielding Agricultural High School. His ashes were mixed with fertiliser and dropped by plane on the school paddocks. Wow. There are many and varied ways, Julian that you can go?
4: Absolutely. And look, um, one of the things that we point to in the report is that people are are making much more individualised and personalised decisions these days. And, um, you know, I've been to a a, a funeral in a theatre. You know, the local RSA regularly hosts them back at the Ute. Um, Good someone's Lord. garden. Yeah, no. Honestly, um, it, it's really all about what's meaningful for a family, and so uh, and that's what um, is really important for a funeral. Really, is sending it off in a way that's important to to the family of the loved one.
0: Yeah. Well, let's jump in with the panel because Michael, off air, can I say this, Michael? You you, oh, you, you you asked me a question that I'd never thought about, and I think about most things. <laughs> uh, you, True. You, you 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 said how you like to go, burial or cremation, and you had me stumped. I've never thought about it. And, and also what would be on your headstone?
3: Yeah. Are you asking me what would be on my headstone? No,
0: you you asked me yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. suddenly I realized what I'd like to have. Wallace's headstone will say I must remember to thank him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. What you, about you, Michael? You thought it was just a cough. Um uh <laughs> I, I I actually I I'm assuming I'll be cremated, and I'm, really? and I'm assuming that uh, there'll be a plaque or something. The thing that, um, I kind of, The thing that worries me a little bit about that is that my grandparents, all my grandparents, are buried. And so there's a place for me to go and visit, and I quite like that. I quite like going and seeing a headstone. I don't think I'll have one for myself but I do quite like the notion of standing in a quiet field and, and, and looking at um, somebody who meant something to me in my life and, and knowing that they're, that they're there in the ground. Um, can I ask a question, though? I was just looking through this report, and on page 15, am I reading this right? This is a list of different places in the country and what it costs to be buried in those, re- in those reasons. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct, and it's wildly different, isn't it? Well, I was just thinking, um, if you don't see this, you should go and look at it. It's best to die in Telpo, where <laughs> actually it only costs $1,170 to be buried, that, as opposed Michael. to New Plymouth, uh, which is $7,200. So, and what about Nelson? Uh, and what about Nelson. Yes, Nelson's exactly.
4: 4,200. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, and that's been going up um, quite a bit over the last uh, couple of years.
0: So if you're feeling a bit poorly, head for Talpo. Go, go to yeah. uh, Now, stay there, Gillian. Uh, Ellie Jones.
2: Gillian, I, just, I was interested, and I haven't looked at every single thing in, in the report. There's no mention of water cremation in there. And, you know, with, with people being so involved, that's how I'll go, water cremation. Um, what what with is people that? Being- Hang on. What is water that? Water cremation is when your uh, body is put into a very, very hot um, sort of oven, a uh, wee bit like a sort of a concrete mixer, I guess. And you are put in there with um, uh, some liquid uh, and it's all perfectly alkaline I think from memory and at the end of it you're left with the bones and there's no DNA in the liquid at all and the bones can then be crushed down into a powder that you can have just like I guess when you get your your heat cremation but it's far more environmentally Uh um, far 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 more environmentally sustainable and and, um, better for the environment so yeah I just wonder why there wasn't anything in the report about water cremation I know it's not happening in New Zealand yet but it doesn't seem very far away
4: yeah, so it's it's not um, uh, in one of the disposal methods that is in the Burials and Cremations Act because that was written in 1965 and this is new technology. But it's so, been reviewed, yeah, but, isn't it? The act. That, well, yeah. Well, that yeah, it's uh, on hold at the moment. I think mm-hmm. uh, pending um, um, you know change of government, etc. But mm-hmm. look, I think um, there is um, a, a lot of benefits um, from water cremation, and there are um, members around the country. Um, advocating to be able to bring in more defamators. So I think it will happen at some point, um, but look, at the moment we just don't have a route for getting those approved um, very clearly. Gillian, of course,
0: there is a real cultural aspect of dying, isn't there? You know, farewelling loved ones. It's it's very unique. Uh, And is that reflected in the report?
4: Yeah, look, we certainly see that and, and, you know, while cremations, are, you know, about two to one uh, people now are cremation versus buried, um, among specific peoples, it's the other way around. So still 70 something percent are are buried among specific peoples and, and over half of um, Māori are, are still buried and often they're buried in Urupas. So, um, their local burial grounds. So, um, yeah, differences. And, and you see that too in things like um, viewing. So in New Zealand, we're much more likely to view the deceased and that's probably because we have those um, populations that um, still uh, like to do that for cultural reasons. Yeah, but, um, well, that's yeah.
0: reflected in my experience. Uh, I, uh, you know, I was, uh, when my my uh, wonderful dad passed away, you know, from he's from Levuka in Fiji, it was an open viewing, open viewing for quite a few days in the house And uh, it was an experience to say the least, Uh, and actually one that I've really grown to love over time. I thought it was pretty out there at the time, but one that I really, uh, Julian, really cherish uh, looking back on it.
4: Mm -hmm. And look, so important for families, and and, you know, you do have a bit of a mentality with some people now saying, I'll just put me in a box and burn me. Um, And you you know, the, the academic research certainly shows that. Um, the, the process of grieving is made so much easier when you can do some of those rituals. And is that a fact? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and we we present some of that in the report. And we saw it really in, in the COVID nineteen lockdowns when you couldn't have a funeral mm. at all, and the extreme grief oh. that um, families um, faced when they they couldn't farewell their loved ones, particularly Māori families, but but all families. You know, such sad stories of. You know, funeral director the other day told me about the gentleman who still pops in and says, "Look, I stood at the at the uh, cemetery gates when you carried my wife in, and I wasn't allowed in the cemetery." You know, just heartbreaking Awful. stuff. It was dreadful.
0: Mm. It's um, given me the chills just to think about it.
3: My mother-in-law mm-hmm. um, was brought home to our house and and stayed in an open coffin for two or three days, and people just came and went across. And um, ours is a traditional. Irish English family, um, and I would, if I could choose anything, I would want something like that. It was just the fact that it was your way to say goodbye. Or uh, mm. we had a plain casket, and the children all drew over it and put their handprints oh. on it, and it and it was just such that's a fantastic wonderful. tribute to her, but also a wonderful way for the family to sort of say goodbye oh, in a way true. which was thoughtful and timely and and perfect.
0: Really nice to have you on the program, Julian ora. Thank you for your time. Kira, That's Jillian Boyes, the Chief Executive of the Funeral Directors Association. Uh, Caroline says, Water cremation sounds like a giant pressure cooker. No thank you.
2: And you don't mind being burnt? That that doesn't that, that doesn't make sense. Look so, I think so, this
3: it's about is, not heating the fire. Is that what's the environmental part? Is that well, yeah, the,
2: the, the amount the of carbon energy. that's released right. in, a, right. in a cremation, uh, as well as the chemicals that are used when you uh, prepare a body. You mm, know, when you oh, um, yeah a water yeah cremation. So, well, I yeah, yeah,
0: only on the panel. Uh, we mm-hmm. have Ali Jones, and Michael Moynihan this afternoon. Now, by the way, I am away uh, tomorrow uh, for teachers only. Day, uh, and so um, you'll be having the wonderful Susanna Laotawa uh, in for uh, tomorrow's show, Friday's show, so that'll be a real treat Wouldn't for you. you
2: bring little Junior in? Why, would he not like a day at work with Dad? Well, no.
0: Well, you know, it's a whole day. It is a yeah, whole true, day, true. You know, it's yeah. not just. Uh, you're not there for an hour, just to value. An and,
3: you? and you get to have a whole day with your son. It's a fan just for two. Yeah. You. It's a exactly. No,
0: that's, being what, that's exactly. We're going to go and go to the museum. Excellent. And see the dinosaurs. Excellent. So it's a, it's a bit of a. Um, is, uh, the, is the Sunday. Egyptian one still on at the moment? Yes, it is. We've well, already seen it. It's fantastic. <laughs> but You'll love it. To this, my producer Sally, pop me onto this. Is there a case to be made for a cup of tea? To be a nominal cost at a cafe, why must we be charged, say, 4 bucks 50 for a teabag and hot water? And I saw this and I said, tick, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is a general sentiment by Luke Turner, writing in The Guardian, who said that you don't have to be a retail analyst to work out that a bulk bought teabag, a cup and a squirt of hot water costs next to nothing. And said that, as with so many aspects of our lives during the cost of living crisis, there's a sense that, hey, we've been taken for a ride. And I just wanted to go around the panel on this. Say, Ellie, you, you're in crisis there. You go for a nice date scone at 10 in the morning. And you go, well, I want something. And I, and I don't feel like a coffee. I just want a cup of tea. So you get a tea bag, hot water, and that's four bucks. Do you think it should be yeah. free or nominal No, cost? well,
2: I really love this story on so many different levels. Um, what? Because I love the idea. I read, you know, in the story it talks about there's a place in the UK where there's a pound cup of tea, uh, but you can buy expensive paninis as well. But the pound cup of tea brings in so many people that the energy and the vibrancy is phenomenal. So I love that. But I think it's being a little simplistic going, it's a tea bag and some hot water. So someone has to pour it, someone it has is. to clean it. No, no, How hard is that? and there's rent, no, and there's. it still it still adds up. But I agree that it is n- everything is overpriced. No, no, because you see,
0: being a barista is a skill. Pouring water onto a tea bag is not a skill. That's the difference. No,
2: that's no, true. No, but, I think it is a skill. And do you do milk first or milk last?
0: Yes, Wallace, milk first or last? Well, I told you that it's milk first. <laughs> so that's not a similar skill. No, that's Michael. Yeah. I mean, are, um, you, are we been taking for a ride? Because I've already ordered the dates gone fine, I've paid for that, $7 there. Why $4 for a jolly cup of tea? Well, oh, when, I, when I came
3: into the studio this afternoon and, and got offered a cup of tea, that only cost me a fiver. It, was, it wasn't that expensive. <laughs> yeah, nice really. one, Michael. Um, no, um, I, I quite like the idea of lost leaders being the way you attract mm. energy, etc. In, in the way exactly. that Ali what said what they it. call it. But mm. I don't... I actually think... Well, the bit that I think is terrible is that we're being charged so much money for water, you see, I think a cup of tea does have a range of things attached to it, whether you believe it or not. Um, there is some skill, and at least there's skill in making sure the water is in, inside the cup rather than, you know, kind of all over the saucer or something of that sort. But, the, um, but, but what I think is the inalienable right to drink water... And for that to cost $5 for a bottle just seems to me to be outrageous. So I'm less exercised about a cup of tea, which is my choice, and a little more exercised about why don't we have more public fountains where I can have free water, Good or uh, why, is it, why isn't book. a bottle in a in a cafe a
0: dollar? I, I, I still don't get, because Luke goes on to say that he grew up in me- Methodist Church Hall, as did With I. An urn. Yeah, where <laughs> there was always a tea urn emitting steam 24-7 in the corner. You know, and, oh, and there'd know. be a dish to toss a, toss a few coins, and so what about that? You go to your your, your local hipster cafe, oh, yeah. and you've got a coin dish, and if you want a cup of tea, it costs a two dollar coin. My See recollec- that service. My
3: recollection of those earned teas, where they were stewed nasty yeah, exactly. stuff, you would you put if you put your spoon in, you wouldn't get the metal back. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, it was. Help him pay the it.
2: rent in the cafe too. Yeah. You know, it's not just a cup of tea. It's not just a bag and some hot water. I think we need no, to understand right. that. No.
3: There's the string. You've got the string.
2: No, 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 oh,
0: no. I'm not
2: meaning that. I mean no. the rent and the staff no. and just, the uh, light b- and buy the something
0: power. else you know, make sure that you, you, you yeah. up your price. For the day's gone. Anyway, uh, what do you think? I think that it should be a lost leader. You go to a cafe and they bring you in with a free cuppa. Oh. Uh, you text two one zero one. You are on the panel. RNZ National. We have Mike and uh, Ellie joins with us.